European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance Volume 41, Issue 15 Focus Issue, Sports Cardiology by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia Read to you by Morgan Bryan Sports Cardiology The Benefits of Cardiorespiratory Fitness in Young Adults, the Elderly and Patients with Arrhythmias We all know that exercise is good and sitting around is bad but major issues in sports cardiology remain unsolved. Is cardiorespiratory fitness at a young age of benefit for the entire lifetime, and is taking up regular physical activity in an old age still useful or a loss of time? Finally, is exercise harmful for certain cardiac patients? In patients with arrhythmogenic or hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, particularly vigorous exercise may be harmful. Accordingly, recommendations for cardiac patients have been published. That atrial fibrillation confers a higher risk of morbidity and mortality is common knowledge, but the long-term impact of physical activity and cardiorespiratory fitness on outcomes in atrial fibrillation is unknown. Of note, vigorous exercise may increase the risk of this arrhythmia. This issue is addressed in the first article. Physical activity, cardiorespiratory fitness and cardiovascular outcomes in individuals with atrial fibrillation, the Hunt study by Bjarne Martens-Ness and colleagues from the University of Medicine in Trondheim in Norway. They examine the impact of physical activity and cardiorespiratory fitness with all-cause mortality, cardiovascular mortality, morbidity and stroke in individuals with atrial fibrillation. Ness and colleagues followed 1,117 atrial fibrillation patients from the Hunt 3 study in 2006 to 2008 until first occurrence of outcomes or end of follow-up in November 2015. They used Cox proportional hazard regression to examine the prospective association of self-reported physical activity and estimated cardiorespiratory fitness with the outcomes. Atrial fibrillation patients meeting physical activity guidelines had lower risk of all-cause and cardiovascular mortality compared to inactive patients with hazard ratios of 0.55 and 0.54 respectively. The respective hazard ratios for cardiovascular morbidity and stroke was 0.78 and 0.7. Each one metabolic equivalent task, or met higher estimated cardiorespiratory fitness, was associated with a lower risk of all-cause cardiovascular disease mortality and morbidity, with hazard ratios between 0.85 and 0.88. Thus, higher physical activity and cardiorespiratory fitness are associated with lower long-term risk of cardiovascular and all-cause mortality, even in individuals with atrial fibrillation, supporting regular physical activity and improved cardiorespiratory fitness in such patients. These novel findings are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Darius Mozafarian from the Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. Adrian Elliott and colleagues from the University of Adelaide in South Australia looked at this issue from another angle. It's known that physical activity reduces cardiovascular disease burden, but its impacts, not only on supraventricular, but on the more serious ventricular arrhythmias, are less certain. They address this issue in their article, Associations between Physical Activity and Risk of Incident Arrhythmias in 402,406 Individuals, evidence from the UK Biobank cohort. They studied 402,406 individuals, half of them female, with over 2.8 million person years of follow-up, 
who underwent self-reported physical activity assessment, computed in metabolic equivalent minutes per week at baseline, and detailed physical assessment and medical history. Incident atrial fibrillation risk was lower amongst physically active participants, with more pronounced reduction among female participants than males. Similarly, there was a lower risk of ventricular arrhythmias among physically active participants that remained relatively stable over a broad range of physical activity levels. Vigorous physical activity was also associated with reduced ventricular arrhythmia risk. Total or vigorous physical activity were not associated with bradyarrhythmias. Thus, the risk of atrial fibrillation and ventricular arrhythmias is lower amongst physically active individuals findings that are further discussed in an editorial by Stanley Natal from the University of Montreal in Quebec, Canada. Little is known about the association of changes in moderate to vigorous physical activity level with cardiovascular disease, especially in older adults whose ability to engage in frequent moderate or vigorous exercise naturally wanes with age. In their article, Changes in Exercise Frequency and Cardiovascular Outcomes in Older Adults, Sang Min Park and colleagues from the Seoul National University Hospital in South Korea examine the association between moderate and vigorous physical activity and cardiovascular disease in more than 1.1 million adults 60 years of age or older. Compared to those who are continuously physically inactive, those who increase their frequency of moderate to vigorous physical activity from physically inactive to one to two times per week had significantly reduced risk of cardiovascular disease. Older adults who became physically inactive from engaging in more than one to two times of physical activity per week had higher cardiovascular risk compared to those who maintained their frequency of moderate to vigorous physical activity. Thus, amongst older adults, engaging in higher frequency of moderate or vigorous physical activity or maintaining the level was associated with reduced risk of cardiovascular disease. These clinically highly relevant findings, particularly in ageing affluent societies, are further discussed in an editorial by Sanjay Sharma from the St George's University in London in the United Kingdom. Cardiorespiratory fitness, muscular strength and obesity in adulthood are risk factors for future cardiovascular disease. However, little is known regarding the associations of these risk factors already in adolescence with later disabilities due to chronic cardiovascular disease. In their manuscript, Cardiorespiratory Fitness, Muscular Strength and Obesity in Adolescents and Later Chronic Disability Due to Cardiovascular Disease, a cohort study of one million men. Hannah Henriksson and colleagues from the Linköping University in Linköping, Sweden, investigated associations of cardiorespiratory fitness, muscular strength and body mass index in adolescents with later chronic disability due to specific causes of cardiovascular disease disability i.e. cerebrovascular disease, ischemic stroke, ischemic heart disease and heart failure. This population-based cohort study included 1,078,685 male adolescents, 16 to 19 years, from the Swedish Military Conscription Register. Cardiorespiratory fitness on the bicycle ergometer, muscular strength assessed by knee extension strength and body mass index were measured Information about disability pension due to cardiovascular disease was retrieved from the Social Insurance Agency during a mean follow-up of 28.4 years. 
Cardiorespiratory fitness was strongly and inversely associated with later risk of chronic cardiovascular disease disability for all investigated causes. The association was particularly strong for ischemic heart disease with a hazard ratio of 0.11, the highest compared to the lowest fitness quintile. Furthermore, overweight or obesity were associated with cardiovascular disability for all investigated causes. Conversely, association of muscular strength with cardiovascular disease disability were generally weak. Thus, this study provides evidence for association between low levels of cardiorespiratory fitness and obesity with later risk of chronic disability due to cardiovascular disease. Preventative actions should therefore begin at young ages and include promotion of cardiorespiratory fitness and healthy body weight. These findings are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by John Deanfield from the Institute of Child Health in London in the United Kingdom. Sport may even favourably affect ageing, one of the most important underlying molecular pathways of cardiovascular disease. In this context, important pathways are ageing and longevity genes, as well as telomerase activity. For instance, endurance training and interval training, but not resistance, increases telomerase activity and telomere length, which are important for cellular senescence, regenerative capacity and thus healthy ageing. A surrogate circulation to investigate such mechanisms is the easily accessible retinal circulation. Indeed, retinal vessel diameters are associated with major adverse cardiovascular events, or MACE. Promoter DNA methylation is a repressor of the mitochondrial adapter P66SHC gene transcription, a key driver of ageing-induced reactive oxygen species. In the European Heart Journal brief communication entitled High-intensity interval training modulates retinal microvascular phenotype and DNA methylation of P66SHC gene, a randomized control trial, examine age. Francesco Cosatino and colleagues from the University Hospital Salnau in Stockholm, Sweden, aim to investigate whether high-intensity interval training affects retinal microvascular phenotype as well as P66SHC expression and oxidative stress in ageing subjects with increased cardiovascular risk from the examine-age cohort. 84 sedentary subjects with two or more cardiovascular risk factors were randomised into either a 12-week high-intensity interval training or standard recommendations. Retinal arteriola and venular diameters were measured by use of a retinal vessel analyzer. As a marker of oxidative stress, plasma-3 nitrotyrosine level was determined by ELISA. High-intensity interval training reduced body mass index, fat mass, low-density lipoprotein, and increased muscle mass, as well as maximal oxygen uptake. Moreover, high-intensity interval training restored microvascular phenotype by inducing retinal arteriolar widening and venular narrowing. After high-intensity interval training, restoration of P66SHC promoter methylation reduced P66SHC gene expression and in turn blunted three nitrotyrosine plasma levels. Thus, high-intensity interval training rescues microvascular dysfunction in ageing subjects at increased cardiovascular risk. Exercise-induced reprogramming of DNA methylation of P66SHC gene may represent a putative mechanistic link, whereby exercise protects against age-related oxidative stress. 
This issue is complemented by various discussion forum pieces. In a contribution entitled, Triglyceride-Lowering Drugs, Not Just Icosep and Ethyl, David Spence and colleagues from the Robots Research Institute in London, Ontario, Canada, comment on the recent publication, Real-World Risks of Cardiovascular Outcomes Associated with Hypertriglyceridemia Among Individuals with Atherosclerotic Cardiovascular Disease, a Potential Eligibility for Emerging Therapies by Patrick Lawler and colleagues from the Toronto General Hospital in Ontario, Canada. Lawler et al. respond in a separate contribution. In a further discussion forum entitled Acrolein Exposure from E-Cigarettes, Bernd Mayer from the Karl Franzons Universität in Graz in Austria comment on the recent publication entitled Short-Term E-Cigarette Vapor Exposure Causes Vascular Oxidative Stress and Dysfunction Evidence for a close connection to brain damage and a key role of the phagocytic NADPH oxidase, or NOx2, by Thomas Munzel and colleagues from the Johannes Gutenberg Universität from Mainz, Germany. Munzel et al. respond in a separate contribution. In a final contribution entitled Acute versus Chronic Effects of E-Cigarettes on Vascular Function, Konstantinos Farasalinos from the Onasi Cardiac Center in Calithia, Greece, comment on the same contribution by Munsa Letal. Munsa Letal also responds to this comment in a separate piece. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.